Welcome to the Arizona Podcast. Uh, Today, this is what I have for you. I have a good conversation about music, about um, musicians in the church, musicians outside of the church. And in a way, I think we get to the bottom of what we started last week in the conversation as to why is it that musicians outside of the church seem to be more passionate about playing music than those inside of the church. And it was a good conversation. And I had Peter, Peter came on, um, who is one of my oldest friends, if not the oldest friend that I have. Um, Very near and dear to me, one of my favorite people in the world. And I'm glad he 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 decided to to come on and and talk because he Pete's always been very wise and just whenever he tell says something and and he's able to be thoughtful with his with his thoughts, um, it's always very it's a, it's a rich thought. You know, he he's he's one of the few people that that is able to have. Uh, to able to do that so i'm glad he said yes and he was he, he was phenomenal um and obviously my guy david was on too um and we were just able to have a conversation and i must say pete pete definitely shed some light into uh the our conversation that honestly i would have never reached uh without david without pete um because they, they play music and they're in that world and i don't and uh a big part of why I like doing this podcast is to talk to people that know more about more than me about certain things and um, music and and ministry or music ministry is definitely one um, that I don't know much about. So it was a good conversation uh, with two um, dudes that, that I'm close with. Uh, Pete um, is like my longest best friend and David who's become, you know, me and him have become really close over the last um, few years or so. So um, I enjoy the conversation. Hopefully you enjoy it too. Um, And I hope to have at least one or two more on this and um, and then we'll wrap up the, the series. I have a pod coming on on Friday and it's gonna be, it's gonna be a. I'm gonna be interviewing um, a pastor's kid, uh, who is another one of my favorite people, and I, I've I've always been very fascinated by pastor's kids, but we'll do that on Friday. Um, but that's what's coming up. We'll do. We have this one. We have the pastor's kid conversation, and I'll do some MBA either at the top of that one or at the end of that pod. Um, and that's what I would have for you. And I'll do some some uh, some uh, soccer in that one as well because uh, Barcelona is kind of falling apart, and I love it. Um, the Chavineta is is coming to an end. But and just a disclaimer: um, this part kind of just starts because um, I push record as soon as I logged on, and I wanted to see if there was some nuggets that would be good. And there was we. 
pizza just for uh, backstory pizza big uh golden state warriors fan so we talked about uh, draymond um and all his saga and um pete's really going through it man uh but yeah but i steph curry had a really good night they, they they had a good win against the celtics so i think he's in better spirits now but when we recorded this pot on monday night um he was in uh he was in high spirit so that that's that's where this pod starts um with the, some draymond green so thank you for listening hope you enjoyed how do you feel about the in-season tournament i thought i thought it was cool that everybody cared that was cool. Yeah. Dude, what do you think about Draymond Green? I don't know. That guy's crazy, bro. <laughs> he's a wild. He's a wild man. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think the the league mm-hmm. figured out how to take him out. So they'll kind of like instigate him and he just reacts harshly <laughs> yeah because man it, he's been he's played less than uh he's had more time not playing than what he's actually played just because he's been mm-hmm. suspended so much yeah <laughs> yeah it's just... I think they should they should trade him yeah I, I don't know whether they should trade him, but I feel now that he's not necessary as as a. Uh, mm. He, I think Let's they can win with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he does more harm than good now at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, He's the leader that he was. He used to be, yeah. 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 That's true. Because before, you could justify some of his crazy antics by, like, oh, well, they win. And and now it's, they don't win as much, and he's not as effective. Although he's still really good defensively, but. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons, too, that, because I don't think it's just him. I don't think yeah. it's like a I don't think it's um just like out of nowhere. It's a reactions to the players kind of taking advantage of of I don't know if it's like his defense cuz yeah, he's a great defensive player but I imagine it's probably frustrating and then yeah. you know just you you know, you just kind of know, like, you can make him snap and mm-hmm. he will not hold back. So take him out of the game. Dude, that's that's like what the the Niners are doing with DK. They're playing that, they're playing that game with DK Metcalf, dude. I see you, Germ. You've been telling him what to do with DK Metcalf, huh? You got to play those man games, bro. <laughs> That's, that's how things are won at that level. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
It's true. That's the the Warriors beat the Celtics because Draymond in what game three? He pretty much punked Jalen Brown, and after that, that was a, it was a different series after that. So sometimes it's mind game, bro. Yeah, not true. That's true. It's a mind game. Yeah, if he could just, just, just kind of be like the Hulk, like you know. Where he says, uh, he's like, I'm, I'm always, always angry, but he, but he yeah. keeps it in check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude. Man. Yeah. But no, Draymond, I mean, what's your secret? And he's like, I'm always angry. You I'm know? always angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what's hard because someone like that who's, who was like undersized and he was overlooked his whole life, like he probably, doesn't make it as far as he made it without the edge. So it's like what made him so great is the very thing that's ruining him now. So it's one of those mm-hmm. is he as valuable if he turns it off? Probably I don't know, probably not, but it's just it also doesn't help that the Wiggins hasn't been really good and yeah and uh and Clay hasn't been good. And then the Chris Paul trade didn't work as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they should give him give him back for uh, KD. Just, <laughs> just come back, KD. You know, come back, KD. You know, win, win two more, three more, maybe. Call it a day. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's not doing anything in the Suns, anyways. Yeah. AP, are there um, are there Warriors fans in Oregon? Since it's like, I mean, I don't want to say it's like close, but it's you know they're yeah relatively close. There, there are. Yeah, yeah. I went to we went to a game last year, and uh, it was right before. Uh, I mean, right after Curry got hurt. Oh. Okay. Uh, and and uh, half of the stadium was full with. The arena was full with uh, Warriors. Like white, blue, white, blue, and gold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dang. It was sad. It was sad. They lost that day. It's hard, man. It's hard sometimes. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how you guys can be a fan of more than one team in different sports. (laughs) Oh, I mean. It teaches you long suffering, bro. Makes you holier. (laughs) Patience. (laughs) Patience is a virtue. Yeah, I have to, I have two I have two kids, so I can't. I have a one and a two year old, so I have to choose where I'm gonna invest. Gonna, like, like, yeah, yeah. Well, nah. you know, like what's gonna trigger my stress, and then adding the warriors. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> like how how are you gonna blow a a, a a huge lead and and then lose in the last second with. By oh, one point. Like, oh man, that's like a third child right there. You're like, oh, dude, this one. Yeah, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have to go back to just keeping up with the score, uh, right. <laughs> and not watch the game. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. I I love Curry. Yeah, I I have to root for the underdog. So, man, yeah, that's funny. Imagine we rooted for a team that actually gave you a heart attack, dude. 
Like who? <laughs> like, like you be rooting for like the Sixers who get close but haven't won. Because oh. um, the then your stress would be even higher. Like, the, the, yeah. the Heat, yeah. Because then you're just because at least the Warriors you've seen them win and you're like okay like. But if you haven't seen them yeah. win, it just gets so crazy. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you got me in into them before they won the championship. I know it was, it was right at the beginning. That's crazy. Yeah, they had you got into the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were going to go play. It was when it was still Mark the Mark Jackson Warriors. Dang. Yeah, we were gonna go play ball, and he's like, "Hey, Pete, I think you'd like this team." And I just started watching it, and, and Curry was getting hot. Yeah. And then Clay, and then I was like, I was so inspired that uh, I just wanted to play ball. You're like, yeah. I think these are my guys. These are my guys. Right yeah. And since that day, since that day, that was it. I, yeah. Dude, I remember we went to go watch the Warriors play on TV at Straw Hat Pizza because you wanted to go watch them. Mm. And I was like, bro, why are you watching the Warriors? I was like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah, they just happened to win that year. So I was like, oh, I know. Man. Yeah. I was like, <sighs> that was the first championship. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You see what so you did, Jerm? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I needed to get him at least into one into one uh, sports team. Yeah. And Kobe was never going to be the sell. So as soon as I saw Curry and and Clay play, I'm like, ah, oh, this is right. This is right up his wheelhouse. Movement without the ball, yeah. shoot shooting. These guys don't. These guys are super like mellow and calm. They're not crazy. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, just, and then. They're not dominating like by because of their size. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that. It's hard to watch them lose, but yeah, it's still fun. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's do. So today, let's. Um, I was thinking we can do the route. We can go the route of so we're doing music, but we're doing music from the standpoint of the difference between. Well, I guess it was what the the mentality, David, right? The the mindset, yeah, yeah, the mindset of the musician that plays at church. And the one that plays outside of church. And why is it that a lot of times the guys that are out playing outside of church take it more seriously in terms of the craft, mm -hmm. you know, and the, 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 the guy or the girl that plays or sings in church, their attitude tends to be, um, well, whatever happens, like happens. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, however it comes out, it comes out. Or um, they were saying on last Wednesday how to them, what is it, like half the battle is showing up. So if they show yeah. up, it's almost like, well, I, I mean, I did more than what other people did. 
And they're like, bro, I'm here for God. It's like, I showed up for God, so I'm going to play for yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely could see that in my experience. Yeah. So, so. That, that's the route. That's kind of like okay. what we want to. And obviously from there, wherever it goes, it goes. But that's essentially the, the, the groundwork. That the we gist started, of it. Yeah, where we started yeah. last week because – Obviously, yeah, I, we've been I in church a long time. Okay. Yeah. So since we've been in church a long time, we've seen it. So we mm -hmm. kind of want to, I want me as a non-musician, want to get to the bottom of it uh, <laughs> because it, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to at least make sense. Terms are, we're going to figure this out right now. I don't want to see any yeah. musicians slacking in church. <laughs> what is the reason well, why this? Oh, no, I just want to know why, you know, like, what, what is it? Like, yeah, how, why, if you want to play, why, why, why don't, why wouldn't you want to play good? We have uh, Peter here joining us first time on the pod and then obviously returning Hall of Fame guest. We should probably <laughs> put your name. We should probably put your name on the, on as the co-host at this point, um, as we have Damn. David here. Um, German and David show. Yeah. Dang. That's, how do that, that's that that has a nice ring to it. I like it. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> so Pete, you've been playing music quite a while. Um. So yeah. let's set the the scene up or the table. How, how long have you been playing music, and what instrument do you play? All right. Well. <clears throat> Uh, it's been a while. I'm 30 now, uh, 32 now, and I started playing at about 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say I started playing seriously at 14 or 15 because I would play before that, just kind of, you know, there was always instruments around me. Uh, all my uncles played instruments uh, since, I, since I can remember. Uh, Actually, I think my uncles were one of the first bands. They were an actual band at our church way back in the day. Yeah. So um, I think it's called like Grupo Evanescer or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I grew up with music. I started playing seriously around that age, 14 or 15. And I never stopped uh, until now. Maybe I slowed down a little bit recently mm -hmm. um yeah but I, i've never since then i haven't stopped and consistently been playing yeah yeah and you've That's played it. well like in church outside of church both right yeah uh well i played in high school i, I started playing yes of course at church uh, and then i i played in the jazz band a little bit in high school and orchestra uh, even a little bit of mariachi. Um, yeah. Ooh. And then uh, definitely at church, I, I most of what I played at was at church and a little bit outside of church. Um, if somebody want, needed me to play, you know, I played. Mm. Christmas parties, I think uh, business 
was like business Christmas parties or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funerals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. It's been a long time. And I play the bass mainly. The bass okay. is my instrument. Uh, but I could dabble a little bit in the, a little bit of the drums. Uh, I actually started first playing the acoustic guitar, but um, the bass quickly became my strength. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I like the low end. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, what, same. When you say you started playing seriously, mm. what, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, I was, I actually owned an instrument. Um, before I started, before I played seriously, I didn't own an instrument. I played, there was always instruments around me mm -hmm. at church. Like a lot of my friends had already been playing, like, uh, like Tito's brother, Sammy, mm -hmm. uh, other, other friends around me. They all played in the, in the, in the band already. Yeah, uh, I was a little bit late from my group to start to actually pick up, but I, I would play their I would play their instruments. Okay, you know, just hanging out at church. Um, I wanted to play the drums, but my dad bought me a bass, so I picked up the bass. Yeah, uh, and since the day he gave me the bass, I practiced constant consistently for about six hours a day, uh, every day, nonstop for. I'd say probably a good year, um, maybe a year and a half. And then, yeah. yeah. So that's when I, I think I would say I was serious about playing. Yeah. And, and I wasn't playing in a, uh, when I was practicing, I wasn't playing in a band yet. I wasn't uh, playing in the worship. Nobody even really knew, you know that I was really playing that much until somebody started noticing that, you know, they started noticing me and asked me to play in the, in the, in the youth band. There was an opportunity for me to play. And um, yeah, I took over the bass part and eventually graduated from the youth band to the adult worship band. And uh, yeah, so yeah. In your time playing, did you, did you, was there a difference in, and I know this from like seeing you and growing up with you, but was there a difference between how you viewed your talent, let's say, you know, and how you viewed playing the bass versus other musicians around you within the church specifically? Yeah, yes. Uh, so I, I, I felt that at times, um, not not everybody. Which there's there's different things. Uh, there's there's a lot of different variables that go into being a musician. You know, there's just like sports, like you know, athletes. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I did notice. I feel I felt at times that others could maybe put a little bit more effort uh, than just staying in the 
you know, like beginner level. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's one of the, it's easy. It's kind of easy to, to be, to be good enough to play a song. Mm. Uh, it's not that hard to start. Uh, you know, maybe it takes a few, a few weeks of practicing chords. If it's a guitar, you know, bass is even easier. It's, you know, it's not that difficult of an instrument to pick up. And I reached the level that others played, you know, for years. I reached it pretty quick. Uh, mm. It didn't take much effort, and I surpassed it. Yeah. You know, uh, not that much of a time. So uh, there were certain things that I felt like um, if a song was played, uh, you can do a little bit more, you know, with in terms of creativity, mm. uh, in terms of execution, uh, you know, yeah. So, but there's things that I would say go into that, that not everybody has. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, I would say it's natural, like a natural ability, uh, and that's one of the things I think. Unless you're, unless you actually, you've actually tried to learn an instrument, um, you'll never really know, you know, if you have that natural ability, and it, it might, you might have that question, you know, like why, why do some musicians not sound as good as other musicians? Uh, and I think that's one of the parts. It's a natural ability you know, to to be able to capture the song. You know, uh, you know, yeah, you could play the bass, but what does the bass really do in the song? You know, what do, what's the what's the function of the bass besides just playing the note? You know, uh, some musicians don't reach that level, or don't even have the people around them to get them to that level. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, like where Tito and I grew up, I was thinking about it that we were very blessed to have those people around us. Um, you know, to have like I think you mentioned last week, uh, David Vasquez. Oh yeah, yeah. To really to you know that's one of the guys who studied, who's gone to university, who understood music, how a band works. Uh, he, uh, he was able to give us a, he taught me um, like theory, music theory. Um, and a lot of churches don't have that. You know, we, we were blessed to have a guy like that. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So definitely natural, like a natural talent, natural ability. Yeah. So, what is the, you know, because obviously ability is something that's out of everyone's control because you either have it or you don't, you're born with it or you're not. Um, but say you, you know, are born with a desire in your heart and a, and a, and a capability to at least pick up, because at least that's the entry level to all of this. Because you have to want to do it, and then you're gonna you have to have the capabilities to understand what you're doing or what somebody else is telling you. Um, and I say this from someone who tried to pick up several instruments, and when I was 
being told what to do, I just, I, I didn't understand. I didn't comprehend. Um, and I could relate it to when I was like coaching like little kids and I was coaching them on how to like play baseball, for example. And the kids that were just more athletic than the others, they would understand what I would say. And the other kids that didn't understand looked at me like I was speaking a different language. And so once you have that, you have the desire, you, 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 you understand. Why is it that within the church, there tends to be this um, laziness about the craft of music? Not with everyone, of course, but by and large, the, 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 the people that are playing in these bands if they're just only the band in the band, why is it that a lot of them just seem to be very whatever about about their involvement in that band? Yeah, there, there's a different reasons. Uh, I think one of them is, which Tito mentioned last week, was Christian church music has gotten so easy mm. uh, it's not hard to play uh, you know and it's not very creative either so it doesn't require a lot of chords it's easy to it's easy to get away with just showing up I mean if you're a good musician you should be able to show up uh and adapt to the song and execute it yeah especially if you've been playing them a lot after a while you cut you kind of know where the song is going and uh you know you're able to play it one time through and then just you that's it you know the song like, oh i got it yeah yeah uh not everybody can do that and some 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 uh some people need the need the charts and that's okay you know, and even if they practice at home, they should be practicing at home. And even if they still need the charts, you know, if that's what they need to do, you know, that's fine. Uh, but then there's musicians that, yeah, they, they just, you know, uh, well, the song's not that hard. Uh, I'm just going to wing it. And another thing is self-awareness. They don't have the self awareness to even realize that i'm not sounding that good mm. no uh you know like i don't know if you've played with basketball guys that hey like you know i, I i'm able to dribble and it's like hey bro like you're you know you're kind of looking like a fool out there you know uh, <laughs> you know uh you're not doing anything for the team and right it's the same it's the same you know uh and that's another thing, you know, like self-awareness, the natural ability to hear the song, to be able to hear past yourself, um, hear the where the song needs to go, what you need to put, play it, you know, your part of the song. Mm -hmm. That or just, ah, just playing the guitar and, you know, not realizing that you're sounding bad. Um, you're not sounding good. You know, yeah. you need to get better. So self-awareness, definitely. Um, not everybody has that. Um, a lot of guys, another thing besides the 
that's how easy church music is, is it's that a lot of times it's because of the need. Like mm. it, there's a need. Yeah. Every church, every church. Uh, well, the first thing they need besides a pastor is a band or somebody uh, who can, you know, it, it needs worship. That's a lot right. of musicians. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes it doesn't come from, I'm a musician first. It's, you know, I'm, I could play a little bit, so I'm going to feel this need. I'm going to serve. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not like I've devoted my whole life to music and, you know, I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm a musician first. No, a lot of times it's, I'm just feeling this need and I love music. You know, it's kind of my hobby, but they don't have that desire or passion to go beyond just the, I'm just playing the song, you know, I'm just, you know, doing my thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's just the need that needs to be filled and, um, and church music is really easy. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> the old school, the old school stuff. Yeah. Did require skill. You know, it required more than just. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, back then it, it, it was all hymns, and it was someone reading, yeah. reading sheet music on a piano or an organ, like yeah, reading the parts. Yeah. yeah. That's intense. Yeah, and Especially, especially in the Hispanic churches. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was all hymns, and then old Coritos until Marcos Weed came and kind of modernized the music. But um, yeah, but but definitely in contemporary Christian music, even now some Spanish songs, they all kind of sound the same. Oh um, yeah. And just four chords. There's formulas. I mean, just like in like secular music, yeah, there's a yeah, formula, definitely. and people want to stick to that, and then just, oh, all right, cool, let's make another, yeah, yeah, another hit, so to speak, and then, yeah, same thing, yeah. I would say though that, um, there's there's not, it's not there's not a lot of difference between a, a, a Christian musician, and I I think. Like is my opinion, the and a, a secular musician, uh, probably the purpose, the purposes are different. You mm-hmm. I think, of, of course, a Christian musician, his purpose is more than anything to, to, uh, to glorify God. You know, to, um, to, guide to to edify the church and to bring them to the point of allowing them to worship. Um, but fundamentally and you know practically a church musician and a, a regular musician secular musician it's the same you know the the practice is the same they both need to practice uh if they're both gonna ex, you know uh master their craft they both do it the same you know um, just the purposes end up being different right also, some of the best musicians in the world have come out. If you look at them, the most popular church, all the hits, uh, they're church musicians. They grew up at church They're They come out of the church. Um, Even, even bands that uh, 
they have a band, but in the studio, it was these music musicians that recorded their song. And the band is just kind of playing whatever these musicians played. So I wouldn't say that church musicians are, you know, like don't show, don't show that, you know, passion. A lot of times it's also the church budget, you know, like if you want that type of musician, sometimes those musicians require money. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, but and, what yeah. about, okay, but what about the... Uh... Because I mean, you both of you guys weren't. You guys worked your way up to be where you're at respectfully, you know, and so it's not like you guys were put in the best music schools. It's not like you guys were given the best, you know, instruments. There seems to be this disconnect between the guy who probably grew up in church, you know, because someone like Beyonce or Katy Perry, they came out of churches and, you know, they, they went on to do, be very uh, successful uh, uh, pop stars. But there seems to be a difference between you get a guy who's in the secular world and he kind of just has to build his way up and and he or she has to own the craft and and practice the craft, and there seems to be, and maybe and may, and again, may, maybe I'm wrong, but there seems to be more willingness from the musician outside of church to put the work in, to be dedicated, and to and to get better than there is from the ones outside of the church. Inside the church, sorry. Where inside the church, the, it appears to be that the attitude more times than not is, well, you know, the pastor just asked me to, to do it till, till a new guy comes in or, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it's just a few of us and, or, oh, you know, if, you know, if they want better, they, they should pay for the musicians. But there isn't the hunger from the everyday musician to say, you know what, like, I, I, I want to take this seriously, not because I'm going to get rich and I'm going to play, you know, with Luis Miguel or whatever, but because I'm doing it for God. Because if you're the purpose is worship, well, then the question is, well, who are you worshiping? And if you're worshiping God, whether you're super, you know, super uh, known or not, you're doing it for the same God. So it, there seems to be the drive for excellence you see it a lot in the secular but you don't really see it in the christian world from the day-to-day -day musician you see it from the guy who's playing in different spots and he you know he's really good so he plays at churches but he also plays like in a concert and he gets hired to do this but that person obviously is you know they're on a different mindset why is it that the everyday guy doesn't have the drive of excellence like the secular or maybe i'm wrong yeah. you know maybe it is this the the same yeah i i think it is the same um because there is it's it it all depends on the experience it depends on the church leadership like their expectation of the worship mm. um 
some churches I've, that I've played at, um, they expect an amazing worship band and every musician needs to be on point. And, you know, there's tracks, there's, you need to know your part. Mm-hmm. If you're not knowing your part, then, hey, you know, you get called out and um, you get embarrassed. You know, what's, I mean. Yeah. What's going on? And, you know, hey, you met, you sounded kind of sour there, you know. Um, I've also played at churches like, you know, like the church I play now that uh, the musicians that are there are not musicians first. And they really are doing their best. Um, but the be- like their best looks different and it might not sound great. Um, so that also depends, you know, uh, what is what is your best you know what is and sometimes the best is just you know getting by with the song and and uh does that count as worship and i would say yeah you know um are you putting in the time to learn the song and 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 doing your best Mm. you know the best you can yeah you know because music music is like i was saying earlier that it's easy to it's easy to get started, you know, like the first few weeks, there's yeah. a lot of improvement, uh, but it gets harder, you know? Yeah. Um, it gets harder to, when you get to the point of like, now it's not just, I have to execute this chord, but it's uh, like the feel, mm. you know, the feel of the song, the feel, you know, um, how to apply the feel of, what you're playing, you know, the groove, what's the groove, what's the, you know, all of these things and, and day-to-day musicians, especially at church, sometimes don't know that. And the ones that do don't stay there long. <laughs> well, they don't mm-hmm. tend to stay there long. They tend yeah. to get picked up. Uh, at least in my experience growing up where I grew up, um, if you got to that level, you weren't, you didn't stay long just uh, playing for free at your church. You know, you didn't become a day-to-day musician for free. You got picked up and you started gigging at different churches, which I wouldn't all completely agree with anymore. But I did that um, to the point where I didn't have a church because I was out there playing and getting paid. Um, but yeah, it, most of the time, those type of musicians would not stay at their church unless they're getting paid. Um, and now you have these musicians that it's like, well, now we need another musician. We need another player to come up and play. So now you get this guy that, you know, it's not really, you know, he his journey is not as, you know, he's probably doing his best, uh, however that looks. Uh, but his journey is not as, you know, he hasn't progressed as much as the last guy. Yeah. And uh, he might sound bad. Right. So, so that, and I think that's what you get. It's not that the passion is there. Some guys, yeah. Some guys, if you see them playing that long and they're just not getting better, sometimes they require like, if if it's your if it's a church, you know, a, <laughs> you know. Just like any other ministry, if right. you're if you're giving the bare minimum, 
uh, and you're giving excuses, then it might be time for you to consider like maybe this is not your calling mm -hmm. or, or you need to be a better steward of what God is giving you. Right. You know, that's what you would hope a church, a church musician would be a Christian first before a musician. And honestly, a, a lot of guys are not Christian first. They're musicians first, but, mm. but, um, yeah, uh, that you get, I mean, you get that a lot because every church needs musicians and they're not like good musicians that have gone through the experience, you know, preferably from a young age. Some, a lot of guys start later yeah. and it does take time to, to get better. You know, it takes a lot of practice. It takes, uh, you know, you need to have the available time, you know, like me and Tito, I think we started before, I, I was married, you know, I didn't have kids. I was a teenager. I had all the time in the world to just sit and practice. A lot of church guys don't have that, you know, they at least cannot, don't have the time to get better. They have the time just to learn the song. So yeah, it, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, David? I agree. Um, and like with the time thing, because we were we were both really young, and actually, shout out to to Pete. He's the guy that like nurtured like young young David as a bass player. He was the guy that like put me on. And no, I'm serious. He he. I I started playing bass because one of my older cousin's boyfriends from church. I don't know if you guys remember um, Alex Garibay. Yeah. So, yeah, so he was dating my cousin, and Sammy, my older brother, was playing guitar already. And he was at the house once, and he was looking at me, and he's like, you look like a bass player. You should play bass because your brother plays guitar. <laughs> um, and I took it to heart, and then I would kind of, like, just, like, watch Pete play and watch the other guys play at church and follow him around. And then Pete would show me some music. And I, because I was good friends with Adrian, with, with Pete's little brother, so I would always hang around Pete, too, and, Later was close by, and so Pete showed me a bunch of like artists and musicians. And then when I got a bass, he would he actually sat down with me a couple times and gave me like some one on one lessons. And we, we were both like you said, we, he was what because you're 32 now, you said, right? Yeah, I'm 20, I'm 28, so we were only four years apart. So I was well, like it's like 10, 11 when that was going on, or when he started, or like maybe 12. So yeah, we were kids. We had all the time in the world to like really hone in on our crafts. Um, and um, I like that Pete said that some of the guys that are playing, like it's they're just fulfilling a need. And so sometimes they're guys that you know might have a little spare time on their hands, and then thinking, oh, I know how to play a few chords on the guitar. I can, mm -hmm. I can come in, I can come in and help out and okay. fulfill the need. Um, and um and then uh yeah so it's it, you're already you have different starting points right there with the mindset um and some guys I like that Pete brought up like the self awareness the younger guy that maybe started when he was young when he was you know a kid probably um has self awareness with like musical ability and listening a big thing they teach in school for like music 
and in church too. Like if if you have the right guy that'll show you these things, like like a David Vasquez is like listening to the other players, listening to the band as a whole, seeing where you fit in. And a lot of guys, if they're just you know learning on their own, they might not know how to do that. They don't have the self awareness. Um, like Pete Pete brought up some things like feel groove. Those are all things that a musician musician would know about, but the average guy that has a guitar in his living room might not be as like honed in on some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you see these um, like the the shifts in the amount of like talent, so to say, or ability on worship teams. And like I said, you have you might have guys in a band that are in very different places musically, but you know if. If they can make it work, I mean, it'll work, you know. But yeah, I, some some guys don't always have the awareness um, to know what they're doing, you know. Yeah, it, it's easy also, like to go away from the church scene. I think uh, going back to like when I was in school, uh, even I I think I went I went to college a little bit. I took a music class. And I did notice the difference that I, I wouldn't say that secular musicians are necessarily maybe like, I guess, I don't think you're trying to say that they're better. No, but, no. I, all I'm saying is yeah. there seems to be a, like, the way they see it is different. Yeah. The way they, you know, because... A musician, like a, a guy who's not a Christian and just has a guitar, yeah, and they're just like, you know what? Like, I, I just want to learn. I don't want to get good at this. We'll would, like yeah. practice twenty minutes a day. We'll like look at videos. We'll like do their thing. And at no point where they were like, "Wow, well, you know, it's not like I'm gonna play in a band." But to them, it's like, "Well, you know, I, I kind of want to be good at this. I want to. If we go to a bonfire and I'm playing the guitar, I, I kind of want to sound like I know what I'm doing." Where the guy at church doesn't really care whether they sound good, bad. And it's like, well, like maybe you should care a little bit. Like maybe there should be, because I think, you know, seeing the musicians I've seen at church, I think it's pretty comparable. And I was re, I was like hearing all these like interviews. Um, and a lot of, a lot of these, uh, big artists when they go show up to a town like uh, the Black Keys. The Black Keys is a group with two two dudes. That's it. And these two and, and they say that it's cheaper for them to show up to a town and hire musicians for the show just per city. And it's just way cheaper than to have a traveling band with them. And so they said that one of the places where they start is at the church. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll look and they're like, you know, like we need a drummer, we need this and we need that. And a lot of times the, the first places that search starts is at church because there's a lot of good musicians at the church. And so obviously the, the talent is is right on par or, you know, you could maybe even make the argument is a little superior at the church. But there seems to be the lack of um, motivation, mentality, you know, that, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's the same. I think okay. you see it just as much in uh, the, the secular. secular. Yeah. Uh, mm. All you have to do is go to Guitar Center 
yeah go to a music store and go to the guitar section and watch the guys plugging in the guitars and listen to them play everyone at guitar center just caught a stray they all want to play like like smoke on the water or uh, yeah yeah it's it's rough hey and I, i guarantee you that has happened to me that you'll hear one one person there and you can tell that's a Christian, or at least there, that's a church musician. And sure enough, it's true. Like they've, we will talk to each other and be like, "Hey, you know, hey, you're sounding good. Hey, uh, yeah, I play at church." And I say, like, "Ah, I knew it. Yeah, you sound like that guy." Um, it's very rare that it'll be like, "Oh no, I just like I'm just uh, you know, I just play." Uh, it's very, very, very common that you're going to find at least a church musician, mm-hmm. you know, that sounds more experienced because church musicians play every Sunday at least. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of very good, especially, oh, yeah. even, in the, especially even in the Hispanic you know, a lot of a lot of them come out from the Hispanic church because uh, Hispanic churches, although they use a lot of Latin music, there's also a lot of rock. There's also a lot of a lot of gospel uh, too. Gospel. There's a variety of music, mm. and in, in English, it's not like that. It's just pretty much Hillsong, CCM. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you get a lot of good Hispanic players. Um, um, and other types of players too, but yeah, I I would say it's the opposite, almost. Um, it's just hard to find. It's hard to find it, and it's hard to keep musicians that are musicians first. You know, I I guess I would say like preaching. I think you were comparing it to preaching. Uh, the last podcast um there might be some pastors out there that are not pastors first like they're not preachers they maybe be are good at inspiring but when it comes to the dividing the word and you know expository they're not that you know um and it's kind of the same you know there's a lot of you know, first, there's a lot of not being Christians first, but mm-hmm. musicians first. And then, yeah, their passion is music above all else. So being that that they're musicians first, sometimes it's hard to keep those good musicians at a church uh, because their, their part, their mind is... Um, which this is kind of the reason I kind of got out of that like scene was, you know, I'm a Christian first, you know, and being a Christian first, I'm not trying to have like self-promotion, you know, self uh, indulgency in the music. Uh, And you see that a lot now where it's, uh, you know, the whole Christian, there's even like a Christian music scene, 
where it's like, well, I'm gonna go wherever the music is is like popping and they're paying, you know, the top dollar for, you know, the church, this church has a budget. So the smaller churches suffer because, you know, uh, you have a musician that has put in the time, uh, they get noticed. And instead of committing to their church uh, and developing the other guys that aren't as, you know, gifted, they, they go out and now they're left without that uh, mm-hmm. you know which I, in my opinion I think that's what happens um, but if you have one good guy if you have one good player that understands the music uh, in your church that that guy can grab the most basic musicians you know and help them to sound you know good you know and and I think that's what most churches need is that one guy that that understands music, that's humble, uh, that's a Christian first, that is not self-promoting, um, is not like self-centered, you know, doesn't have a big ego. And ideally, that's what every but you know musician should be, but um, Christian musician. But um, yeah, if you have if you can find that guy in your church. You know, he can gather the other guys and help them and, and create that environment, that culture in the in the worship. That's worship first and, you know, God worship, worshiping God first above all else. And, um, you know, even if the other musicians aren't as, you know, gifted, but he will encourage them mm-hmm. to to be that, you know, he'll pull them along and, and instruct them. So, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. David, what do you think? The guy that Peter is talking about is the guy, remember when we were talking about last time about, um, uh, like when a coach can motivate a team and they all buy in and they want to. So that guy usually tends to be, I mean, I would hope most of the time that guy tends to be the worship leader um, or, you know, and so even if the players aren't like as seasoned, like Peter said, he can get them to buy in um, and they'll want to play well and they'll want to practice and they'll want to, you know, do their best. Um, but it's tough because I mean, like in a in a perfect world, like yeah, every church would have like at least one guy like that, yeah. and then there's a group of like four or five guys that you know they hang out, and, you know, and they do like fellowship together and stuff like that, and they all want to play. But it's rough. I I feel like I'm fortunate that I'm in a situation where like I I have a worship leader like that at my church, um, and they're all the last two that I've had like they're just really patient good dudes and they're all like solid musicians on every instrument but they also happen to be like you know they can sing well um but they can get different groups of guys to come together and like have a productive rehearsal learn the songs if anyone needs help oh you know we can talk about this like after rehearsal another time um um but like pete said like there are small churches that like they just kind of get 
left behind. And it's rough because those guys, I mean, those guys need to get paid. And I saw, I, I did you see the, the post that I sent you, Jerm, about like, it was like the meme about like church positions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were people in the comments that were like, man, I can't believe like musicians out here like wanting to get paid and this and this and that. And, you know, and there was one dude in the, the comments section that stuck out with me and he's like, he's like, hey man, he's like, I went to school for like a lot of this stuff. I've got my master's. I've gotten, you know, studying different styles as far as like the hymns, different eras. He's like, I've spent thousands of dollars like on my, ed- on my education to do this. Um, and so he's like, man, like the pastor gets paid most of the time. He's like, why shouldn't someone like me that has put in time into my craft <laughs> to lead like a worship? Like, do you think I don't deserve to get paid? And I was kind of like, right. that's why I said, that. I was like, dude, this is juicy. There's so many like points of view that you can come out with this topic. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah. So wh- where's yeah. my blind spot then? Where Where is, because if it's, you know, a matter of like if it isn't if the passion's the same, if the motivation's the same, and it's just about everyone's best looks different. Um then what's what is the the cut like what 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 is it that I'm missing? As a ultimately, ultimately, I think I think um, I'm gonna hone in on what Pete was saying about like the need versus the passion. Like everyone that's playing because they want to fill, fulfill a need doesn't necessarily have a passion for music. I think you need to have a passion for music. Um. And there are people that do have a lot more passion for music in church than they do for like the church part. That's why you see some of these guys that like they want to hop around and play wherever. Right. Um, and so and like like we said, there's a lot of players that play um, you know, like mainstream secular music and they all started in church. I can think of like man, like if you know like Anderson Pack who like sings and plays like he started playing in church. He started playing drums in church. Um, a guy that Pete and I have both heard of named Bryant Siono, who used to be like the MD for like the Backstreet Boys and JLo also started playing bass in church. You know, um, yeah. I can guarantee you like that guy has a passion for music, you know? And so the, the, the musician the, you see the musicians that are fulfilling the need part and they might not be as passionate as these other guys. Um, and so you have all types of guys. There are guys that have passion for it and they want to make it their nine to five. Um, and then they got to play that game of like, well, I need to go where the money is because I have, I might have a child to feed or feed themselves or take care of a wife. You know what I mean? And so, so is it impossible to, not impossible, but is it unrealistic to demand? Or to ask the guy who's not looking to get paid, the guy who's not looking to to make a career out of it, the guy who has his job, he's okay with his job, um, he can feed his kids with his job, and he isn't looking for a check. Like he's not music isn't his career, right? Is it 
fair or unfair to ask that guy who would walk up to the church and say, I want to be in the worship team. And it's okay. I like, you know, I have a guitar. I bought a guitar. This is my guitar. I want to be in the worship team. Is it fair or unfair to then ask that person who's signing up? And yeah, maybe there is a need. Maybe there isn't a need. But he says, you know, I want to, I want to play. I want to sign up. This is what I want to do. Is it then fair or unfair to ask that person to care? Because what happens a lot of times is the person will come and they'll say, you know what? I want to sign up for this. And I want to sign up to, you know, play the music. And they'll play the music and you're like, dude, you, you're really, really bad. And maybe, you know, you just started and you, you want to be patient. You want to be, hey, you know, like this guy, this guy wants to help out. You want to be supportive, you know. And <laughs> yeah. And there comes a moment where that guy who said he has a guitar, he likes to play music and has been playing music for quite some time in the church. And it's maybe it's been a year, six months, whatever. And you're like, dude, like you just don't get better. Like, are you sure you practice? Are you sure you like to do this? Like, is it fair to ask of that guy for dedication? Because then you find out, oh, well, you know, like, you know, I, I, I just, I, I don't practice as much, and I kind of just, you know, try to figure it out. And is it then fair to ask that person who signed up, who you know has their life, whatever, maybe has a few kids? Is it fair or unfair to ask that person to take it more seriously? Because I—that's where like my frustration, I guess, comes in from the church musicians I've seen. That I'm just like, man, like it—it's it, one thing you know to want to be like a pro, but it's a whole other thing to like, like, well, don't you just want to like be like your sake? Yeah, it's like if I invite yeah. you to if I invite you to eat to, to my house and say, hey, you know what, come to my house, I'm gonna make you food. I'm gonna like try to be good at like what I feed you. And it's uh and if I suck at it, I'm not gonna be like, Well, dude, like I work and I'm married, like at least I Dude, I I, I, <laughs> yeah. I I invited you to eat and I made you something to eat. Like you should be happy that I made you something to yeah, eat. Yeah, so is it fair yeah. to ask that person to care? I think so. Because I think that's, yeah. that's where I'm coming yeah. from. Like, how much can we demand or ask of the person who who just is an everyday player? They signed up for it. And maybe, yeah, maybe there was a need. And maybe to talking to them, you found out, like, oh, man, like, this guy has, you know, has a guitar. They play the guitar. And just like, hey, like you think it could help us out, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, like I, I could do it. Like, how much can the church ask of that? Push. How much can they push for? Yes, like, yeah. yes, that, yeah. In in a in a way that becomes positive, not just positive, but fair. You know, like because if you right. if you like if you sign up for like an adult basketball league and you like suck. It's fair of the, of the teammates to be like, well, dude, like you gotta at least like, you, you gotta give me some hustle. Yeah. Like you, you gotta give me something like you signed up for this. You you're, you're putting in this time. So how, how much can you ask of this person to give? 
Yeah, I think I think first the expectations need to be clear. Mm, what yeah. like what does the church, the eldership is in the church setting? Yeah. because uh, if it's a band, the band kind of determines like what the expectations are. Right. Uh, but um you know, what are the expectations of the pastor, the elders, on how, to, like, it comes down to how do you sound, you know? Uh, uh, they might not know what the expectations are. Like, what do you mean by good? You know, what What are some examples of how we should be sounding? Because I guess, as far as I know, I thought I was doing a good job. But, yeah. But um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not clear. Um, and they might not have, like what we said earlier, the self-awareness to recognize that. Mm. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, maybe they didn't grow up playing at church. Maybe they were in a band in the past where... Picked they up some played, bad habits, maybe. Yeah, bad habits. They played a specific style of music which is maybe like like rock mm -hmm. um, they're rock players um, they're they specialize in that style of music but they cannot they might not be able to adapt to the church style of music which is more maybe mellow maybe mm -hmm. uh, just ballads or, yeah straightforward yeah yeah, they might not be able to, to uh, yeah, like uh, adapt to a different style. Um, that could be something else, and they just might not understand the, like the the goal, you know. Um, which that's something that needs to be clear. Like uh, sometimes you might need to invest in them. Like that's another thing. I mean, if a church is struggling with players. Trust me, there's young kids that probably have the ability and you might, I would encourage like every pastor to kind of, hey, invest oh, in yeah. the young, invest in the young players, uh, the young the kids. Next generation, that, yeah. Yeah, and, and you can, you can kind of see, okay, uh, like this, these kids are good, but this one kid, you know, is, he's a player. He's music first. Uh like he's probably he'll probably choose music before he chooses video games or whatever, um, um, and there you go. You have your next, uh, you know, potential, you know, worshiper at church. You know, yeah. um, that's what I would I would encourage. Like I would say, like every parent should encourage their kid to see if they're musically talented. You know, maybe. Yeah. If not, then it's not okay, but uh, the best time to start is when they're little because yeah. they have all the time in the world. But, yeah, I think some players um, um, might come from that, you know, like. Right. They, they, yeah, they played in a band, but they're uh, maybe they're like heavy rock musicians, but not a versatile musician that can adapt to different styles. Um, so I think, yeah, the expectation of how you expect them to play or the style mm -hmm. of music, yeah. um, like this is what we want, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, it doesn't have to be just like this, but aim here, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, David. Yeah, that's that's a good answer, and I think it. Um, I think you said sometimes the the pastor, like if they don't have a worship guy, if it's the pastor and the others, like they might, might not have an idea of what they want exactly. Yeah. Um, and then that leads to like just miscommunications or like misunderstandings of what they expect on Sundays. I, I feel like if it's like a really small church, most like my parents, they go to Calvary here in town. And I think it's just like a gentleman, like with an acoustic guitar singing. And it's like, and if that's enough for them and they're cool with that, then it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like, like you're yeah, crushing yeah. it, bro, you know, do your thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like, sometimes you see, yeah. you see, um, you might have a church that, like, maybe at one point had like a bigger band, and then, and, um, like, I'll be honest with you, I think we kind of saw that with when I said a little bit, like, they had like glory days with like a big band, great musicians, great players, and then players leave, and then the expectation changes. But but they didn't have the people to make that happen to still like kind of like live up to that, so to speak, you know? Um, and then there's like frustration and they're just like, Oh man, it doesn't sound as good as it used to. And it's like, well, so. Yeah. I, ideally every, every church would want a full band, but honestly, sometimes if the one guy with the guitar, you know, sounds better with a, than the full band sometimes oh it's yeah just, well this, this is what this is what we need right now and this is um and then little by little you start adding you know until the the team develops and maybe needs to play with each other for a while you know right. let's figure this out before we jump everybody jumps into the worship and yeah just, and throw a whole band up there and they're kind of like yeah weighing over their head or something you know yeah um yeah but back to germs thing i i mean i i think it is fair to ask that of as long as an expectation is laid out and then to ask people to execute i i think that i think that's you know that's cool and um but german i think we talked about this last time uh, sometimes like people i don't know i feel like people just and i hate saying this because it sounds like a boomer but i feel like in this day and age like sometimes people are just a little more like like you know, soft serves, and they're just like, "Whoa, dude, pressure!" Like, I, <laughs> I can't do that, you know. And I remember hearing stories of like David Vasquez, like digging into people in rehearsals, like, like before I even played. When I was a little kid, I guess he would go ham on like the vocalists on like learning their parts, and you know, some people respond better to adversity than others, and some people want to rise to the occasion and be like, you know what, I'm gonna put it in time and like learn because i don't want to get embarrassed in rehearsal sometimes the fear of like getting embarrassed or just being like sometimes that can be a big motivator you know i know like when i was like mainly playing in school like i would practice because i was like dude i don't want to make a fool of myself in a rehearsal with like another like with the band you know Mm -hmm. and yeah so yeah i think you still got to be able to push them and you can't push too far because then you also like want to like you don't want to discourage them and they're like especially if they're not having fun too like if someone just isn't if they go to rehearsal and they are trying their best and like whoever's in charge maybe isn't 
meeting them where they're at and it's just not fun for them to like dude i don't want to sing in church because it's just i i don't even feel like i'm worshiping i don't feel like i'm giving my best and i'm not like being joyful when i'm like doing my thing you know and so but i mean yeah there's a balance for sure can't push too hard but i think you should be able to push them and be like hey this is what we're gonna do work on this and yeah, i think like we'll this be, is this is the standard this but is the standard let's try to reach that and you know and you know and let's you know and if you need help with something you know i can help you out and, you know yeah and you know yeah and i think if that's not if that person is not working out then sometimes you, you do need to come to like the difficult conversation of you know hey this might not be for you you know yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe you should even, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just hey, you know, maybe you could play pads, you know, uh, right, right, yeah, yeah, but but um, you know, be the lead pianist may not be for you. Uh, right, we'll find you know, we 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 can find something for you though, you know, if you want to keep doing it, but um, you know, so if you just gotta bench somebody, then yeah, uh, um. And someone else has to yeah, step up. Yeah. yeah, but also you just can't go like full whiplash, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't throw a symbol. You can't throw a symbol at him. Dude. Wait, Jerm, you think you saw that movie, right? I love that movie, yeah. Dude. Oh, my God. See, okay, because that's the, like, in the movie. What do you say? Is um, my tempo too slow or too fast? What is it? Am I going too fast he's, or too he's slow? Like, he's like, are you, am I, are you rushing or are you dragging? Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> But the the story about like Charlie Parker in that movie, the sax player, like the guy that did get the symbol thrown at his head, like that yeah. guy, that guy went home and practiced, dude, and he wanted to be better because he's like, dude, someone threw a symbol in my head. And later on in the movie, that guy was like, could you imagine if Charlie Parker hadn't done that? If he had just been discouraged and didn't, right. he's like, we would have been, we would have been robbed of greatness. You know, it's like some dudes yeah. are built for it, some aren't. You know. So what I so what I'm learning is and it's why I, I it's it's why I wanted I've been wanting to do this and I had talked to David like a year ago about doing something like this because right. I want I, I want to learn a how to you know lead musicians and as my position at church but b understand what it is that I'm not seeing because obviously I'm not a musician. I, I don't know. And it seems that the difference is the thing that I wasn't seeing and the thing that I, that I don't understand because I don't have the musical ability is that there is like a cap. And so there is a certain level that everybody naturally will hit. And once above that, um, so, you know, you just, you just can't do it. And it's, you know, like anything else you right. can, you know, you can practice all you want and you can, you know, pra you know, play basketball yeah. three hours a day. You'll never be Michael Jordan. Just, yeah. Each person has a ceiling. I can only work so will. hard. And it's like, yeah. I'm not going to dunk dude ever. Right. And yeah. so as you guys were speaking, I thought of it also like in teaching because the teaching is the same way there, there is a, a component of, because I, I remember just the times I've tried to teach someone how to not how to preach, but just how to 
how to feel more comfortable up there. But one of the things that I always say is that you, you have to trust your preparation. And so if you prepared, if you've done the work and if you've done a ser your sermon and if you've studied and, and, and read, you just lean on your preparation because that's what you're going to deliver. When you've been preparing, that's what you're delivering. Um, and then there's the aspect of finding your voice. And that seems to be a lot harder and that you just need a bunch of reps because unless you have the reps, there's no way you're going to know what your voice is. Cause I remember it took me, it took me a while to understand tone because mm. every single sermon, regardless of what I was teaching, it was right. taught in the same tone. And I began to listen as I would listen to different preachers. I realized, man, like it, it's, it's different. It, it's a different tone. And I remember, right. oh man, this is, this is a long time ago. This was like six years ago or so. Um, Skip Heitzig said in a sermon that you have to, as a preacher, you have to understand that you cannot preach on hell with the same um, voice that you preach on heaven. And you cannot have the same attitude when you're teaching at a funeral than when you're teaching at a wedding. And I remember that's where it clicked. I'm like, oh, that's true. Like if I'm talking about hell and I sound all like happy or I sound all like whatever, the message I'm conveying is, you know, either hell is not a big deal or hell, eh, whatever, doesn't matter. And if I talk about heaven in that way, well, it's the same thing. Heaven is no big deal or it doesn't matter. But if I, if you fluctuate your, the way you're speaking, you're delivering, yeah. Down, yeah. All of a sudden you're conveying the message. If you're reading the Bible and, and you'll re you'll read a question and you, but you just read it as a statement. The person who's listening to you isn't understanding that there's a statement or there's exclamation mark and you're not yelling. They, they don't see that. So I remember when I first started doing that, um, the guys at church were like, whoa, I did not think you were going to yell. And that's when I understood it works because if I wouldn't have yelled, it would have been whatever. He's just reading the, the verse. But if I read the question as a question, then all of a sudden you're you're expecting an answer because that's typically how it goes. So that's what I'm understanding. Am I am I on the right track? Is that is that like where it stands? Yeah. Like there is a, there is a limit. Yeah, you kind of have to yeah. like build around the limit, and you have to be able to help the person reach that limit. And when they reach that limit, you you kind of just have to clean it up and because it, and it, it, it's true what you're saying david about the fun it has to be fun because it, if it's worship it has to be joyful and if you feel like oh man people hate me oh man i suck or, ah, if i mess up they're gonna look at me yeah it's not fun it's not worship and it's not joyful <laughs> and you kind of just have to learn to be well, at that point you know you have to be a Christian too and, and accept that, Hey, you know, they're doing this unto God. So yeah, it doesn't sound like, you know, an orchestra, but it, it sounds 
as good as it's going to sound. And so learning to, to, I guess, from my end, like humble myself from the expectations. Right? Like, is, is that, is that, yeah. is that the realm? Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that what we're working at? Okay. Yeah. Also, yeah. Something that Pete mentioned was like when you're learning music, um, he said at first you, you improve quickly when you first start, mm, right? Because you're just, yeah. you know, nothing. Right. How many years ago did you say you like discovered like they're like the, the tone thing clicked for you? How many years ago? You said six years ago? Yeah, six years ago. Yeah. And when did you first start like teaching or preaching? I was. Well, you said 17, 18? 17. 18? I was 17. Yeah. Dude, how many years passed between that moment? Like when you started in there? And yeah. sending the music. With music, you're, yeah. you're going to hit a plateau and then you need to put in a lot of time before you start learning about things like like tone like delivery like how you're you know expressing the music and like it takes years to do because yeah because yeah when you first pick up a guitar and you're like oh that's a g chord oh cool and you're like tomorrow you're gonna like a whole other chord but once you know a lot of chords you're mm, like yeah dang what i go from here i need to put in time and so like that, that makes that, sense that's cool man that's crazy because yeah. you well you said a long time ago you said Six years ago, I'm like, that wasn't that long ago. I was like, you would have been, you know, already teaching for a while. But well, because in terms of teaching, you're teaching every week. Six, yeah. I mean, that's you. But you like you're like you said you were, you're like you got you got to get those reps, and then you learn something new, and you're like, all right, how do I implement it? Am I am I am I is it effective? Am I doing it right? Did I learn the new concept? I I do think though there is a thing to, um. At least from the preacher standpoint, and you guys can speak on this from the musician standpoint, but th there is a sense that I see that I have to pick up the Bible every day. I have to. I have to read whether I'm reading five verses, ten verses, two verses, but I have to like just constantly be in the mode where my mind is constantly thinking, okay, how, how would I explain this? Okay, uh, you know, how 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 would I how would I explain this? And so one thing I started doing is because I struggle teaching little kids, and I, I don't teach little kids now. But it's okay. How would you explain this to 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 the smallest person? How would you break that down? Because that does help me to constantly be in the in the in a state of like teaching, if, if that makes any sense. And yeah. is it? And I know you mentioned this last week david where you said you know 15 minutes a day every day just for two minutes and then mm -hmm. pete said you know he was like doing six hours for a year and a half yeah is there like some is that like the same with musicians like the 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 need to just pick up the guitar or, or pick up the sticks and just like hit the the pillows or whatever to just constantly be in the in the place of you're exercising that 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 your mind mu musically yeah, I think um, I'll be honest. I don't do that yeah. anymore. Because um, then that's what I mean. Like I've slowed down mm. in my playing. Yeah. But it might not. Uh, I'll maybe like maybe like every other day I pick up my the guitar. And yes, I try to keep myself sharp. Right. And it all depends. It all depends on your it all depends on where you're at your level uh 
if I was a beginner and I wanted to get to a certain point, yes, I would have to pick it up every day. But I would say compared to what you're saying, like as a Christian, not even if you're just a preacher, you know, your passion right, for right, the of Lord. Course, of course. Yeah, will yeah. lead you. And the, and the musician the same way. Hey, maybe I'm not picking up my instrument, but even just listening to music, mm -hmm. um, you're dissecting the music and you can keep yourself sharp in the same way. Yeah. Um, so that when you do pick up your instrument, um, you know, you're, you don't feel like you've, you've missed, you know, something because listening to music makes you just as, you know, keeps you just as sharp. Um, yeah. Maybe even more, maybe even more like sometimes you have to put it down, put down your instrument and many times like i've i've gone days without playing but i've listened to a lot of music yeah and uh that kind of like feeds that you know and uh when i do pick up my i pick up my instrument and uh my feel the way i which 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 is what i would compare to what you're saying is like the feel your feel of um how you're going to preach your presentation and, and your execution of of the of the message is the same thing with a musician you know um it's the feel of the song uh it would it would enhance you know your feel how you're going to present execute your song your your you know instead of just playing one note mm -hmm. you know you're playing uh within that one note you're playing a little melody but it goes along with the harmony of the of that note and you wouldn't have known that if you didn't listen to music you know for the last couple of days you know um so yeah i i think it's in the same sense you know like um i like that that's a good example for you. yeah because I, I growing up i would always hear like um i mean guys like germ or my dad they would say um Obviously, like they teach, but then they would go and listen to someone. They're like, "Oh, I need to get fed." Like, I, it's time for me to receive something, and with music too. Like that's why, so, like you said, like it might be like a, a, like a mental rep if you like practice a bunch. Sometimes people will be like, "Hey, man, like why don't you just go like go watch a show? Like why don't you go see someone play?" And then if there's someone that's like a lot better than you, um, you might hear some new things that you might uh, might not have heard, and. I had I had some like instructors in college that uh, like I would do private lessons with them and they would tell me about how they would and this guy was like this particular instructor he was like in his like sixties but he said he would take lessons with other instructors in other areas because he wanted to see um, what he could pick up from them and he, and like and Jerm mentioned something like that last week where he's like if I see someone doing a lot better than me I'm gonna like ask them what they're doing. Um, yeah. So, like that. Yeah, for sure. That's a huge thing. Yeah, because you you can definitely feel stuck as a musician. Like, like how do I move past this? Uh, and you know, you even can become just like, hey, I don't. I love music. I I love to do what I'm doing. Uh, and uh, and that's that would be like how you're saying that. You know, I just feel like every day I have to get into the word, get into you know, something that's going to help me to better myself and, 
and just keep myself sharp. Yeah. A musician would, you know, be the same passionate about music and, but um, you could also feel like stuck uh, even if you practice every single day and um, yeah, but, but I, I guess saying like, compared to what you're saying is that, yeah, a musician, that's a musician uh, will feel the need to be in some way involved with music. In music. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, like whether it's listening to music, uh, dissecting music, uh, or getting into, you know, the instrument. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So which, I don't know if that happens to you. Like if you, you know, preaching wise that, um, you just kind of maybe even lose a, you feel like you're losing passion and you just don't know why. Oh yeah. And, it, I think that's the, like when you were saying that, that thing of the art, it's true. Like the, the artist, in a sense, you hit the, the, the artist block, you know, where it's, you may be doing it, but that there isn't, you don't feel fresh. You don't feel, I remember I went through this like a year ago, year and a half ago, and I would, after every sermon, I would, I would, I would, I would ask Adrian, I'm like, does that make sense? Like, did I make sense up there? Because I would go up there you know, and I, I was prepared, but as I was up there, there was times where you're just like, man, like the, like, do I, do I make sense? And you know, he was always like, yeah, that, that made, yeah, that made sense. Like, this is what you meant. This is what you said. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, but there was a sense. And so what I did to kind of get out of that, um, I started writing again because I had gone away from writing my sermons and I was doing it strictly. Um, I was strictly typing them and I had like an iPad and I was just like using my iPad and I was like, Oh, you know, this is more convenient. I don't have to have paper, blah, blah, blah. But I did find myself that I wasn't, I guess, tapping into the, the things that, that made, my sermon fresh or, or whatever I felt like gave me the passion to kind of like challenge myself and get through, th through those like writer's block moments. And so that helped. So now I like, write. I started writing my sermons again. And the second thing, um, <laughs> I, I was listening to this thing that the Pi John Piper was saying, and he was saying that one of the things that the thing that has helped him out the most has been, uh, <laughs> As, <laughs> as, <laughs> uh, those that can't see, uh, David just took a big old bite of, of a concha. Um, and one of the things that he says that he his wife helped him out the most because his wife would give him feedback. So I just started doing that. I just started after every sermon. I you know we're on our way home, and I asked my wife, "How was that?" and mm. When you get married, you realize that the the most honest person is is your wife, mm -hmm. because she's just it's just the way it goes, and she'll just be like, "Yeah, that kind of sucked," or "I don't know what you were trying to do there. You completely lost me there." Well, that was a really long intro, or yeah, I you kind of just went on a tangent, and when you came back, I had no idea, 
and that kind of stuff really began to help me because I now had somebody who was going to be a hundred percent honest with me where if, you know, agent was going to be 90% honest and was going to try to be nice. Well, my wife's going to be like, well, I'm just going to let, let it go. And this is, you know, you should do this. And that has helped me a lot as well. And listening to preachers. So that kind of, that stuff, like, I think it's across the board that everyone who does anything artistic in terms of presentation, uh, you go through the, the those moments of feeling stuck and, and how everyone gets out of it. I think it's different, but that for me really helped me to start writing again, to, to have my wife give me feedback and, and to listen to preachers again, because I, I was able to, to, to begin to see the, the, the preachings from, or the Bible from different sets, points of views, which helped me to like, okay, like that's true. Like you, you see it from fresh eyes. And honestly, that's what the podcast has done too, because we're doing, you know, I do like three of these a week and it's a lot of talking, but it's a lot of explaining away and, and you kind of, some of it sucks and some of it is good because you, you kind of just, you, you're getting through all the stuff that like just gets, get stuck. And in preaching, a lot of times that's what happens where you're just rambling on until you hit something good. Uh, and I don't know if that happens in music at all, but for sure, like the, the, the blockage definitely um, is awful in, in preaching because you're, you can lull somebody to sleep. And it's yeah. like, a terrible feeling when people are asleep in your sermon. Yeah. Dude, a lot of musicians, like when they hear themselves, uh, like when they've been recorded and they hear themselves mm. play, sometimes some guys are like, oh, that's me. That's what I sound like. And it's like, oh, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, they, they, yeah, they can relate for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, your wife, it definitely is a good gauge. My, my old pastor was saying that. That's pretty much how he determines how good he's doing in the preaching is by <laughs> yes. by seeing his wife's reaction at the cues. If, <laughs> if he sees that she's kind of like like falling asleep or you know starts looking around, seeing if anybody needs anything, uh, but if she's like locked in and you know, it, yeah, nobody knows you like your wife, you know, so it's a pretty good gauge. And yeah, me yeah. too. It, you know, when I when I do worship. Uh, I'll ask my wife, you know, like, um, hey, how, how did it go? You know, how did, were you guys able to, you know, how was, how was the worship? And yeah. uh, especially at our church right now, because it's so, it's small. The worship band is, um, it's just developing, you know, and right. um, sometimes, like, I think last week you guys were talking about uh, sometimes it could not be fun. And yeah, sometimes it's not fun, um, especially when you come from playing really fun music. Um, but I, at least now for me, it's a good, uh, I like it because it's, it is something new for me. You know, I'm not surrounded by great musicians. Yeah. Um, and it's a different, it's a whole different thing. And, um, 
one of the things that excites me is seeing the younger guys at our church and uh, and just helping develop that, you know. Um, and that's been one of the things to reinvigorate me, like you're saying, German, um, is uh, the different style of music that we have over here that's more theological. Mm, right. Uh, the lyrics um, have kind of reawakened my my passion for that for the music and to that even though it's like not the greatest sounding band but you know the lyrics make it you know it has awakened that in me yeah. to start playing again to start putting the time to learn to you know how would i help these young guys play this better you know maybe uh helping them be more creative in the music where uh, just playing the same intro well let's make one up you know let's make up an intro mm. you know uh, let's uh maybe instead of doing this part in between the chorus and the and the you know the next verse let's make one up you know let's uh you know kind of like helping them to develop that uh, mm -hmm. so so it's been pretty good yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah david what do you think no for sure yeah especially like when pete said like helping some of the younger guys when you see them figure things out um, and you're like, I, I mentioned my friend Russell last week, I think, and I, I mentioned he's one of the guys like he's not a he's not a pro musician. I said Russell's the guy. Every church should have a Russell because Russell is he <laughs> like wants to work hard and he's he's not going to be like the best player, but he's going to give you his best, and it's going to be mm. like just like like solid, and he's going to have, have the best time. He's going to be worshiping. And he, watching, I remember watching him during rehearsal. He would, we did, if he got like to a hard part, he would kind of ask, like, "Hey, what, what, what chord are you guys playing on this part? Or like, like, what's the rhythm you guys are playing?" That? And then we kind of explained to him, and he'd be like, "Oh, okay, I got it, cool." Um, and just watching him like light up when he's like, "Yes, I got it," and it's like, ah, that's like, it's a good feeling for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things um, that is expected i guess of a church musician like would you consider mastering like uh, i guess a gauge of what would it be you know the the um mastering the craft um or what what it would look like to to master it would it be that hey you know like i could execute this crazy thing mm -hmm. but being able to recognize that the song doesn't need doesn't need this much uh this many notes the song right, overplaying this. yeah yeah so being able to say you know yeah i could play this if i had to um if it called for me to do it but i guess would it be like being meek yeah. you know to say you know um but I could recognize that the song, the worship needs this. And I think yeah. that would be the goal. That would be the goal of 
if you're helping develop musicians to to get them to that point, you know, at your church that, you know, master it enough so that if you had to, you know, you, you can execute this, but not having to do that, you know, being able to bring it down to the mm -hmm. point where, you know, I think that would be pretty good because it, it kind of encourages them to, you know, yeah, it is worth it to, to go beyond just the basic, you know? Yeah. Uh, beyond just like the four chords that every we play every Sunday, um, so right knowing uh, knowing when to do it like and there then there sure yeah. there could be a moment where eventually you're like like oh we're gonna give you a solo and you can't play something that's like you know flash so to speak but no like you said knowing when not to do it and like serving serving the song yeah and helping them engage in worship yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Um last this this is the last thing from from me. Um so as as I've learned today, because I, I think today's pod definitely shaped a lot of my mentality, my mentality towards a different place now um, that I think changes where the direction of the next two, the next two pods go, because now it's, it's with a different understanding. Um, but it, in terms of the supreme calling, you know, I guess of, of the everyday Christian, like all of us, you know, because we're just, everyday Christians, what is the, what, what is the attitude of a, not necessarily of a musician per se, but what is the, what is it that the church can do to help or to kind of bring about a, a joyful attitude or or an expectation what can the church at large do to cultivate these musicians to want to continue to serve that church because i think it's possible for you to you know get your degree be a professional musician but also be an active member in the church what can the church do like the the members of a church do to to cultivate that kind of mentality or that kind of culture within the church if anything you know because maybe there's just nothing a church can do is there anything a church can do to to cultivate that for musicians yeah i think um not not praising the musician in a way of uh elevating them but maybe recognizing the 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 little details the hard mm -hmm. work like the progress yeah. Uh, when there has been because it could easily just be like like there's many times where like man I, I tried like I kind of went out today and I, I tried this uh, like I practice I you know I spent the time practicing and um, and this song might have been a little bit harder for me than than regular um, and maybe and then and then I, I played and then 
nobody says anything. You know? mm. uh, yeah. Nobody noticed. So maybe uh, if you can, like, be a little intentional about um, noticing the improvement if yeah. there's in the in the musician uh, that could easily, you know. Like of course we do everything for the Lord. The Lord is the one that watches, and uh, um, all things, and He sees the hearts and our intentions. Um, but that could be very encouraging for a musician to hear, like somebody notice that. Um, hey, and anyway, I, I don't know if others notice, but I noticed that. Um, you did this different this since the last time you played this yeah. song, mm. and it sounded good. Yeah. You know? Being yeah, like, like appreciative yeah. overall and like like valuing them and not obviously not just like financially, but just like showing them that you care and you're like, you know what, like you said, like I noticed that, like you you've improved. Yeah. Um but yeah, being appreciative that that goes to that goes like a long way, man. You know? Yeah, and also just saying thank you. Like I I I didn't get it a lot before. Um, and I get it a lot now where I'm surprised that there's church members that like, oh, I didn't know you were even paying attention. Uh, but they're like, hey, hey, brother, thank you. Thank you for, uh, uh, for sharing your talents. Uh, yeah, just helping us worship, you know. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you. And it, it's kind of it's kind of weird because we're used to like the musicians are almost like the celebrity of the church. And I think you guys mentioned it last week. Um, and that that's not at all the goal, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, but for those that, that are maybe struggling, like they're trying to get better and, um, you know, you kind of, they kind of need that, that encouragement to, to practice more. And, and does anybody even noticing, yeah, you know, go ahead and encourage them. Thank them yeah. for the the work that they're putting. Um, yeah, not. Nah, but if they're getting paid, then don't even bother. Just. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Um, any parting shots from you guys? Any what? Any final thoughts from you guys? Oh. Um, go watch the new Godzilla movie. It's really good. That's I mean that's out of left field, but I'm just I'm putting that, I'm manifesting that. Is it is it good? It's pretty good. Okay. Granted, it it is. I, I'm into this, but I know everybody isn't. It is in Japanese, so there are subtitles. Ah, oh, come on. But dude, the overall <laughs> story, like the actual, like the plot, like it, it, it hits home. You're like, oh man. So, yeah, it's, it's all, and it's only, it's only in theaters. It's in theaters. It's actually getting added to theaters because of the reception that it's gotten. So, wow. Yeah, and this director, this Japanese guy, he before this, he said he wanted a. Uh, a Star Wars project, and after watching this movie, I'm like, dude, give him a Star Wars project. Like, he, I think he'd do a good job. So, wow, there you go, high praise. So, so, so just go. after after the next music pile, like, 
Jerem, we're doing a movie pod, so you better go watch Godzilla, dude, so we can talk about it. Okay, <laughs> got it. Does Godzilla right. talk? Like, does he... Does he talk? Yeah, this is it's like heartfelt. No, and... no. He, I mean, he wreaks, he destroys Japan. But like, it's, dude, it's, it's crazy. Does like reconnect with his dad and? Uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> the humans, the humans in the movie have like a story where you're like, dang, that's that's really that's really cool. So I know most of the time it's like him, like it's Godzilla wreaking havoc on people, and then it's people like running and screaming and whatnot. But like the the reason why the people like team up against Godzilla here, like, dang, that's it goes hard. It's a good story. All right, I'm gonna look into it. Okay, I I wanted to list. I'm gonna give a Lord of the Rings a, a little a little trial, little thirty minute trial. See 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 how that goes. Um, but I I'll, I'll put Godzilla yeah. on the list. Well, yeah, that's you? it for me for final yeah. thoughts. I'm nothing music related, but I, nice. I think we said it all with the music. Okay, yeah, yeah. I still believe in play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about being appreciative, well, huh? <laughs> I still believe in play. Just keep. Keep just shooting. keep shooting, man. Just keep shooting. Cool. Perfect. Um, but th- this was this was a lot of fun, obviously. And um this conversation obviously first and foremost is for me, because it's it's a, it's a obviously it's from a very selfish standpoint. It's for me because I want to understand more. I wanna I wanna be more appreciative and I wanna be more um understanding like yeah 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 I, I just don't want to look at a musician at church and be like dude you suck man like try harder and <laughs> i mean you know because that's not the right attitude and and that definitely i think this conversation and the last conversation have really helped me to shape and change my mind on a lot of things so ultimately that's what i wanted to achieve to to have understanding and that's why i wanted to do the pod with with people that play music and not preachers. Cause if I had a bunch of preachers, it just would be like, yeah, they all like they're lazy and they just, you know, they just want to talk to other girls and, and that's, or they'd be like, you know what? They're, they're just trying their best, man. They're, you know, they're just, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it just, I'm being, saying like, if they don't, they're going to be like, Hey man, like they're, they're you know, they're getting yeah. me wrong. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, like, are they though? Are they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I appreciate you guys coming on. I appreciate you guys. Uh, staying up with late with me. It's, it's 930 to, right now. So I know you guys have work. Um, but I appreciate you guys and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Well, thank you guys That's for having me. That's the pod. Um thanks to Pete. Thanks to David. Thanks to Angel for the music. Um had a lot of fun recording that one. And uh I hope you you enjoyed it. Um uh, again I have a another pod coming this week um on the life of a pk uh pastor's kid and uh, uh i'm excited for that one uh, so and so i'll sprinkle some sports in, in that one as well so um that's that's what's coming up this week uh you can find 
the Heroes of Podcast anywhere you listen to pods. So please rate, review, and subscribe. And you can uh, follow us on Instagram. Arrows up. That's the the Instagram handle. So, um, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And um, go Niners. <laughs>